Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Adventures in Hellworld. I am Mike Rains, a.k.a. Poker and Politics, and I am joined, as always, by Sarge. Hello from the Internet. And the mysterious L. Hello, my beautiful babies. You can't see it, but I'm doing a trendy dab like youths do. Because you are very much of the youths, as it were. <laughs> oh, I, I am. Youth culture forever. A, I'm barely a tween. Oh, God. How do you do, fellow kids? Oh. That'd be great. The, my, my secret identity revealed. L, secretly L Evan. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what letter of the alphabet is L? Because I know K is 11. I mean, well, th- that would make L 12, right? It comes right after K. Am I getting my alphabet wrong? No, you're right. Yep, Nailed 12. it. Boom. Never doubted myself for a second. <laughs> Why do you know that off the top of your head? Rain Man? Uh, well, because in the alphabet song, it just like flows. It's, it's J, K, L. I mean, it's it's not one of the breaks. Like I think L- we're talking about how you knew that K was number 12, not how I knew that L followed it. Oh, well, uh, well I know K is number 11, both because uh, 311 got into a lot of controversy because people were saying that their name stood for KKK because it was 311s. This and, episode's already off to a great start. We're really crushing it. Hey, hey, hey 311? I mean, yeah, back in time. Yeah, I, I, there was a thing. There were people that would protest 311 concerts and call them racists. What? And they were like, "No, we're not. This is just a—it's just a number. What the fuck?" The Mark Wahlberg. What? No. <laughs> yes, it was exactly. That. Time is a stupid racist flat circle. Right. I mean, it was just—it was just a really strange thing. All right, happened. all right, all right. We got to play our content warning before we talk too much and accidentally heck and bamboozle ourselves. <laughs> already dropped an f bomb before the content warnings, and we're already done. But here we go. There's a content warning, anyways. The Adventures in Hellworld podcast talks in depth about QAnon, which means we have to talk about all kinds of child abuse and violence against people. Listener discretion advised. 
So, <laughs> yeah. wow, um, we're re- really hitting the ground running with this one. Oh, yeah. we've already brought up racism. We're only like two minutes and thirty seconds in. It's incredible. Mike, Mike's here horning in on me and your business, doing these like old school references. <laughs> I mean, it, M- Mike can be in charge of all the three eleven references. If you want. <laughs> <laughs> I think 311 might be more obscure than Blade. Like, <laughs> oh, I mean, 311 is certainly more obscure than Blade. I mean, fucking come on. <laughs> oh, they definitely are. And the other, the other thing was, is it was a uh, attempted Q-proof was to fix the uh, claim that you made that 11-3 would be the first marker that the Cabal was going to get dropped. And obviously that was a date, and then it didn't work out. But then one day, uh, when Kevin Kleinsmith, the lawyer who got indicted by the Durham investigation, when his name came out, QAnon figured out that uh, K is 11 and C is 3 alphanumerically. 11-3. Boom. Q-proof. Nailed it. Some real smooth brain geniuses. Yeah. So, like, anything that can fit the pattern, they'll fucking just wedge it in there. So, 311 is Q confirmed? Yes. The 11-3 is Q confirmed. So... I don't know. So three eleven. But, I mean, but Mike, three eleven is just eleven three backwards. Ooh, look, I can be, I can be Q too. <laughs> Think mirror. You nailed it. Boom, boom. Those guys are totally pilled. Oh, the, re- the real question is, uh, what is the color of Q's energy? <laughs> it's not amber. That's for sure. If if any listener out there has any sort of guess as to what color Q's energy is, as per the 311 song about auras or whatever, uh, go ahead, comment at us on Twitter. Good good reference, because I couldn't name another 311 song off the top of my head if you put a gun to it. Yeah, I fucking, Uh, well, I mean, I asked my friend Google to even pull that one. Like, (laughs) (laughs) it's like a Google. Serve it up. A little peek behind the curtain there. I Googled that <laughs> reference. <laughs> no, all the mystery is gone. Anyway, um, what's that I hear in the distance? Is it Mike? Shilling? <laughs> to it. It is. It is. It is Mike starting the shill process of the show. So uh, if you enjoy a QAnon podcast that gets aggressively off track from the very start and then has to be pulled back onto the rails, <laughs> kicking and screaming, uh, please uh, see fit to uh, spread the word about us and what we're doing. And if you really enjoy what we're doing, uh, go to uh, patreon.com slash poker politics and throw a few dollars that way to help us improve the audio quality of this thing. We're getting sound guards and headphones and all kinds of other fun gear uh, in the next in the week, next week or so. So hopefully audio quality will continue to improve. Uh, if we're unworthy of your money and Lord knows how that could ever be possible, uh, please do- donate if you've got money available to love146.org. They are an anti-human trafficking organization that will actually remember that that's what they care about, unlike all the dangling car keys and other stuff that distracts QAnon and has them running over hither and yon to forget about the children that supposedly is QAnon's all about. And then silence. Did did Mike die? Is Mike dead? Nope. I'm, I live, I live, but I just figured that you were there for some pithy bon mot that was going to be coming in afterwards. I, mean, I, I didn't have anything in the tank for. Yeah, I mean, I was just, I mean, I, I, I was just honoring your sincere plead for our listeners' help because we, oh. because let's, let's we, are, we are super serious lads, and this podcast is only possible because we're, we're, listeners like you. <laughs> we're super professional. 
note my talking over L and this super professional segue to cues in the news. Give me that bump. You got it, sir. What's everyone's favorite death cult been up to this past week? It's time for cues in the news. Uh, so, uh, Line, Meanmar. That's how that's yeah. right. Me- yes, Meanmar. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not actually sure. Like, I like I've actually heard it pronounced like that. I'm not sure if it's Myanmar or Myanmar or Meanmar. I've I'm gonna go with CNN and Myanmar. Uh, fair, um, fair enough. I mean, that that sounds like a, just as good as a guess as any other. Yeah. Line, Myanmar. Yeah. So, you know, so the, the the crisis in Myanmar has uh, erupted as the military has launched a coup against. All right, the let me interrupt you real quick. The most recent crisis in Myanmar. Yes, uh, I, I, I'm sure that all those uh, what are they the Rohingya Muslims would just be like, yes. hey, they they're done been a crisis in Myanmar. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Myanmar is uh, let's just say turbulent. Would be complicated. Yes. So. Right now, uh, the big story going on in Myanmar is that the civilian government has been uh, overthrown by a military coup. Uh, the military, and stopping me if you've heard this before, has alleged election fraud in the previous election. And uh, in order to uh, do things by the Constitution, they've init- initiated a coup. And they plan on only being in power for one year, wink, wink. Uh, before something happens, and then they are totally legitimately going to give the country, the country's government, back to the civilians, and it will all be cool, and it's all going to work out great. Yeah. So that that other sound, or that that weird sound everybody heard the other day was collectively uh, every QAnon supporter getting aroused all at once, hearing about, oh my god, on the world stage, a military coup based around so the in the, the Myanmar Constitution that the military can legally do this, but only for one year. And that's why they're in times of turbulence, the military is supposed to be able to take over, but only for one year maximum. That also uh, I can tell you right now that that's wall street bets. That's not happening. Yeah. <laughs> uh, game stonks. Well, that, that's a, that's a little bit of a preview for future cues in the news. Uh, yes. Meanwhile, back to Dateline, Myanmar. Uh, so <laughs> despite knowing that this is like a big deal, I actually know very little about it. Uh, so Mike, maybe you're a little more educated. How likely is it that the voter fraud in Myanmar uh, is legitimate, unlike the voter fraud in America? Uh, all the election officials in Myanmar that are like the civilian election officials said it's all nonsense that like this is absolutely a uh, it was a free and fair election that happened. The basically the government that was elected that is the civilian government we have now crushed the uh, political party that is basically the proxy for the military and it, everything went, was above board and to the letter and the military's claims are bullshit. But the military was just pissed that they lost. And um, the leader of Myanmar had gone out of her way to try to, like, placate the military. And as you had talked about, about the uh, subjugation of the Muslims and stuff like that, that she was kind of like, hey, the military is just doing what you got to do. Omelette, eggs, like all that kind of stuff. So they had... Uh, people thought the military was like cool and that the civilian government was kowtowing to them enough. But as like the events of the past few days have shown, they didn't kowtow hard enough 
And the military was like, you know what? We're just taking this over. We're done here. Boom. It's, <laughs> The, the the government's ours and we win and you lose. And so the big thing is, is so this happens. And then the Biden administration, which is a real thing that makes QAnon very sad. Uh, they came out and said, this is not cool. And we are going to be monitoring this closely and getting ready to do all the kind of stuff that America does when we want to like start throwing our weight around and letting people know that like we're the fucking King Dicks of, of the world. Sanctions. Team America World Police sanctions to choke the 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 very throats of the people of Myanmar. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sanctions and then maybe some drone strikes, all that good stuff. I mean, America's capable of all kinds of diplomatic freedom bringing. But um, the the latest military drone is just named sanction. So that way, (laughs) when the Biden administration says we're sending a shitload of sanctions Myanmar's way, uh, everyone's happy. Yeah, exactly. You're gonna section the shit out of those people. You, you wouldn't believe how sanctioned those guys are gonna get. Oh man! Oh, sanctions for days. Man, so. Myanmar can't catch a break. I had to make sure I wasn't making this up. One of the big uh, Rohingya uh, refugee camps. This was like a year ago. They had to move out of the way of an elephant migration. The elephants kept migrating through all their refugee camps. <laughs> That is the wave of sanctions sent to Myanmar by neighboring nations. Uh, the elephant sanction, <laughs> just like pray those elephants through their country, destroy those people's lives. Can you imagine how ridiculous an event that would be in the United States of America if it was just like, oh shit, this hobo camp had to pick up and move because of fucking elephants? <laughs> yeah, the, the Myanmar civilian government. The corrupt one that has now been removed due to elephant scandal. Uh, yeah, they, they built a bunch of refugee camps in the elephant migratory paths. I know that I know that we have a content warning at the top of the podcast, but I should I should I should fucking clarify that even though we're making goofs, we're we're not making goofs at the expense of the 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 poor uh, refugees in Myanmar. That's these are geopolitical drone strikes and shit and not at the expense of the suffering of those poor people we're we're laughing so we don't cry like yeah this is it yeah it's it's just i mean can you imagine that happening where you're you're like you're like struggling all this terrible things happen to you and then elephants are like coming towards you and you're like really can life throw more shit at me is it even possible now I have to deal with goddamn elephants. Yeah, it's like, like on top of everything else, fucking elephants. Yeah, like, <laughs> come on. It's not like that's a pitch perfect uh, uh, impersonation of somebody from that region of the world. Right. Oh, yeah, all these fucking oh, yeah. elephants, eh? <laughs> that is definitely what a Rohingya Muslim from Myanmar sounds like. Spot on. Eat a shmeer. These elephants are coming from the world. <laughs> I repeat, that's definitely what. A Muslim from Southeast Asia sounds like. Anyway, okay, so the military has taken over Myanmar's government, and it may actually be legal. I mean, I don't know. According to Sarge, uh, their constitution allows for this. So, uh, what, what do you think? So, so like, what's what's popping off from here? Like, like, where, where, like, what happens when a country actually gets taken over by the military? So, yeah. So basically, the the the, the president of Myanmar had been under house arrest for like fifteen years, and then she was released then became a political leader, got elected. Now she's basically back under house arrest. So are most of the rest of the civilian government. Um, 
so, and the generals are claiming they're going to be doing everything fair and square and all this kind of stuff. They don't want the international community to come down on them, which they know is probably going to happen anyways. And so what is actually going to happen uh, in the coming days and weeks, we don't know. What we do know is that QAnon loves this shit. They are so happy about the idea of a military coup against the civilian government. And um, they're talking about how they... the side of Islamophobia. Oh, God, exactly. And so now they're talking about how they hope that, like, the Myanmar example is kind of um, something that America can strive towards, that like, the potential for a military coup in he- here would be just great. Um, totally well, missing the fact that they're, like, this is a new junta. Yes, the, the fact that they just want a military junta to like reinstall Trump as president, and they don't care how illegal, violent, or terrible that would be. Uh, I've seen, uh, and then people are also calling what's happening in America uh, a military coup. Uh, I saw like uh, one QAnon promoter had uh, a photo that was like there was like one photo of all, all the troops out in front of the the Capitol building, and then a photo of like the of the Myanmar military, and they were like one of these is a foreign occupation of an illegitimate uh, leader, the other one is Myanmar, and then. Uh, and then um, another QAnon promoter uh, posted like this on Telegram today, and they said, now the American public has seen another country's military arrest its illegitimate leaders and claim election fraud, showing connections to the very same people who are accused of election fraud over here, promising an election redo, and then handing power back over to the people. I love the idea of us doing an election redo, Biden winning again, and then QAnon being like, oh, well, you know, we we, we had to do over and Biden won again. So now affairs there. We got to we got to stand down, guys. I believe that America is going to start patterning itself after Myanmar to begin with. Like, yeah. long has the United States gazed with envious eyes at Myanmar. And now, yeah. finally, it is time to act on those impulses and try to build ourselves up to be more like our beloved foreign nation of Myanmar. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we, we're just like, we stand with Myanmar. Yeah. <laughs> we did that a couple hundred years ago with the Native Americans. They were called reservations. It was a terrible crime. Like, yeah. So, uh, and then he continued on to say, how many other nations will have to show the same result before it wakes the Libbies up? I love the idea that liberals are just like, you know what I want not to be in power. I want a military coup that topples the government that I got elected so that Donald Trump can come back in. How does a liberal ever wake up to the idea that it would be good if Trump were president again? Don't worry, Mike. You'll find out. It's orange February, baby. Trump's coming back. Better believe it. (laughs) We're going to oust our, our, our false biden president and reinstate donald j trump but in the meantime uh the biden presidency so-called presidency gets to do whatever the fuck they want uh how's QAnon dealing with the current state of uh not my president biden enacting all of his big dick energy powers to get shit done uh they have uh continued to believe that he is not actually the president um What's really funny is they have gone through a series of like checklists for like things that a real president has happened to them. Uh, they love claiming that the military doesn't salute Biden ever. 
which is in no way, shape, or form true. Uh, when Biden got on Marine One to go to Walter Reed uh, Hospital, the Marine that stands guard over Marine One gave him a salute. And uh, the military, like, being subordinate to the civilian leader of our government is kind of like the whole point of fucking America, as it were. So uh, that happened. Uh, They're very anxious about Biden ever riding on Air Force One. Like, the day Biden decides to, like, fly to uh, ye old American city here uh, is going to be a dark day in QAnon's uh, existence because uh, Biden will be appropriating the use of Air Force One for that. And like somehow that proves he's really, really the president. Whereas if he doesn't get on that plane, he's totally not the president. Okay. Uh, but d- time out. Do they, I already know the answer to my question. Do they understand that Air Force One is just the call sign of any plane the president's on? It's not that actual jet. Whatever plane the president is on, that is its call sign. It is not any one plane. There are two Air Force Ones in regular service, and they're the only model of that plane that can do mid-air refueling. But if you watch the amazing Harrison Ford movie, Air Force One, when he moves from the the liner plane that is typically air force one to the uh, air force like plane that rescues him. They change their call sign audibly to we are now air force one because it's the call sign. It's not the plane. Yeah. That, that was, that's the big applause line at the end of the movie. They're like, we are now air force one. And, and the people, yeah. like, ah, ah. I, I mean, I, and not for nothing, but I'm pretty sure the big pop-off line in that movie is, get off my plane! <laughs> <laughs> I'm only doing this movie for the money. Oh. the way I do all movies. I'm Harrison Ford, and I don't give a fuck about the artistry. I'm just in it for the check. Oh, God. You want me to act like this guy in this suit's a dog? Yeah, I'll pet him. <laughs> is Air Force One a Tom Clancy movie? Is that a Jack Ryan jam? I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, who's got my check? <laughs> I want to get paid and get the fuck out of here. <laughs> uh, I love Harrison Ford as an actor, but man, he gives no fucks. No. <laughs> Every not. interview ever just that guy just being like, so what was it like working on Star Wars? Oh, I got paid. And that's all that counts. <laughs> Fucking lasers and a big ruggy man called Chewbacca. Whatever. Fuck it. Give me my money. You, If you want a, a, like, a journey in incomprehensibility, watch Cowboys versus Aliens and Harrison Ford just phoning it in and talking in a low, like... I didn't even remember I did that one. <laughs> <laughs> You're way too loud to be modern Harrison Ford. I he speaks know, in I a, like... A, yeah, I guess. He speaks in a grumbly whisper. I'm enjoying Harrison Ford being, like, both, like, half senile and also, like, half Brad Neely from Wizard People. <laughs> every every impression I do is, like, half Brad Neely. That guy's, like, my hero. <laughs> anyway, oh, I teased God. it earlier, but I think it's finally time that we get around to talking about, the, like, the, big, the hottest story of the past, like, week. And that is Game Stonks. Because, of, I mean, of course, QAnon's got its sticky little fingers in them Game Stonks. Can't can't help but ride that rocket to the moon. Oh yeah. god, diamond hands, diamond hands oh. don't sell. E- everyone's got a hodl right now because uh, we are going to the moon, baby. Uh, the, what happened was is the GameStop thing hit, 
And then QAnon saw that this was the kind of thing where they could situate themselves in a sort of underdog versus the corrupt establishment form of like argument and like we're the good guys taking down the evil guys. And obviously Wall Street is the ultimate bad guy, so we've got to tear them down, even though they had their guy in power for the last four years. And he didn't crush Wall Street for some really weird reason. Um, and yet that became the new uh, motif. And they were and they they would be talking about GameStop, uh, GameStop stock not as just like a way to get rich quick. They were talking about the fact that like if we held enough and we triggered all these squeezes, they were talking about a thing called the gamma squeeze. And if we could initiate the gamma squeeze, it might like bring down the entire American economy <laughs> and crush the cabal. The idea that game the GameStop had that kind of cachet, and there were even if there, there were that many shorts of GameStop uh, GameStop stock out there, that that could happen was like so pie in the sky and so diluted. But QAnon was in it to win it. They were totally of the belief that we can do this. We can literally crash the economy and save the world by, I don't know, putting everybody at the poorhouse and uh, breaking society itself. Um, that they were like all in on this. And there was a neon revolt. He's um, the failed screenwriter from New Jersey who's trying to get back into QAnon and, and selling his book and being a total dirtbag. And like, I fuck that guy. He uh, was like telling people don't ever sell. Like holding is the only thing that matters, which seems like the ultimate thing you tell a sucker in a pump and dump. Yeah. And like, it was just so predatory and scummy what these people were doing. And then they got on AMC as well, obviously, because that was the other Wall Street Bets thing. And Wall Street Bets is now like crawling with QAnon and all kinds of other unsavory characters that are pushing this stuff. So uh, it went from being just like a savvy bet on a, on a subreddit about uh, taking a position against like a, a position that the hedge funds had taken into being like, Viva la Revolution, which... Uh, is obviously not going to happen because GameStop stop does not have that kind of power. And then, uh, because... Can you imagine if that was what finally destroyed the world economy was GameStop? That would be great. <laughs> it would be so great if, like, that was it. Like, people are just looking at this shit. They're like, really? GameStop was what did us in? Like, no, no one saw that coming. Like, fuck. <laughs> God damn it. Um, so... QAnon, of course, has to pour over the prophecies of their absentee messiah, Q. Got to consult the literature. Yes, you, you got to go. Got to go to where the good news is. Yes, you have to go to the Holy Quibble and find uh, the good news. Quibble, fuck you. Uh, I've said that so many times. <laughs> Maybe I, I, I missed it. I don't know. It just hit me. Yeah, but the uh, sort of poured over it. And even though Q had never said GameStop, which I know is really fucking shocking, but Q did often repeatedly say things like, this is not a game, game over, and so on and so forth. So, uh, we bonus on trades with the pro membership card. I remember, <laughs> I remember that, 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 that Q drop was really weird out of context, but now it makes so much sense. Yeah, oh, God. Q was like, hey, guys, get in the Robin Hood. It's Power to the players. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, 
the best part was uh, because Q and I, because Q loved saying you're watching a movie and all that kind of horse shit. They smashed game over to you're watching a movie to being GameStop and AMC stock. Like, boom, there you go. Q predicted all of it. Q sees everything. He's literally Doctor Strange just scrying the time streams and guiding us in his path. And it's like, no, no one was guided by Q to any of this crap. You're just Notre Dameing, fucking uh, retconning everything he said to fit what actually fucking happened. It's 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 trash. It's cold reading in reverse. It's it's dumb, but um, it keeps them happy and it keeps them engaged in their uh, dumb terrorist LARP. So that's what they're doing. That's yeah, all cool. The worst Nostradamus since the first Nostradamus. <laughs> yeah, just as accurate. <laughs> oh god yeah the pinpoint accuracy of q in all of his endless musings and predictions that he's made over the course of history if i was supposed to believe that anybody can properly predict the future wouldn't i wouldn't i be placing my bet on like elon musk whose like value has tripled over the past eight months or whatever like that seems like the sort of move people make when they can see the future uh just b- babbling online about stuff that is demonstrably and easily disproven uh uh, demonstrably untrue and easily disproven, I should say, is uh, like not where I would want to go in terms of people I'm believing to lead me to the promised land with their special eyes. <laughs> uh, what's really funny is... My brand! Sorry, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> I knew you were going to do it. Classic ref. Yeah, but uh, what I was going to say is uh, Elon Musk was actually brought up in a few Q drops uh, because Q loves uh, using initials. He uh, referenced Elon Musk as EM in uh, Q drop uh, 571. He was like, uh, begins with at Jack, uh, MZ, which is Mark Zuckerberg, uh, ES, which I don't know, uh, JB, who is whoever that evil person is, and then EM, which is Elon Musk. And he, um, oh, JB is Jeff Bezos, uh, obviously. And then he's like, do you know what we know? Do you know that we see all? Do you know that we hear all? Fear the storm. No one who's playing the game gets a free pass. Nobody, Q. So he's called out Elon before, and uh, there was a photo shoot of Grimes when she was pregnant, and she had, like, all kinds of, like, weird drawings and graphics, like, painted on her pregnant belly, and uh, QAnon people were like... To remind you that she went to art school? She was like, yo, I went to art school. Watch me draw my belly, because... I have such an artistic soul up in I'm up, up in my body. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So Lizzie Wizzy was like doing the thing with her uh, pregnant belly, and a bunch of QAnon people were like, "Look at this like satanic stuff that like Grimes scrawled on her tum tum," and uh, so they they fight. They eventually QAnon comes to the conclusion that everybody's in on it. That's that's like the one big problem of this movement is that if you have a hero, at some point they're a baddie. Uh, the day they figure out that Trump's a baddie will be a truly uh, horrifying one. But um, Elon is now, was a hero, and now they're trying to figure out if he's a good guy or not. And they're eventually going to figure out that he's not, unless they decide that he is, because QAnon is fluid, and today's good guy is tomorrow's bad guy. I mean, they probably really loved him when he accused all those people that got trapped in that fucking, like, mine or whatever of being pedophiles. No, he accused the the people of trying to rescue 
the people trapped in the mine. Oh, sorry. Yes, the, the 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 rescue workers were the ones who were pedophiles. Yeah. He was just like, well, why use these pedophiles when I can invent a super sub to do it? And it's like, wow. All right, come down there, Reed Richards. <laughs> yeah. And like, literally, the thing he invented was pretty much just a coffin you added water to. It was just like, yeah, you put this in the water, and then it fills with water, and you die. Uh, so great! Oh, you didn't. Want he, to be- he was he was being fucking super generous, sending a bunch of coffins to those poor trapped miners. <laughs> yes, and he's like, "Oh, you don't like my my non watertight coffins? Fuck you, pedophiles!" It's just like, thanks, Elon. I'm sorry, I didn't. I'm sorry, I didn't put enough space in there for you to diddle kids, you monsters. <laughs> Holy yes. shit! Yeah. Elon, calm down. People, people are about to die. So QAnon can't figure out if this guy who made his family fortune on apartheid gym mines is a good guy or a bad guy. Oh, I think if uh, I uh, will give credit to the one, the, the QAnon promoter Joe M. He did vanish off the face of the earth on January twentieth. That was the one guy who actually uh, did take the uh, somber Bruce Banner at the end of every Hulk episode walk out of the town. And call it a day. That's the that's uh, the real gamma squeeze. Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> you see, that's a multi-layered reference because you have to oh, use God. it for a second before you, you realize. Can't see me shaking my head. Yeah, yeah, they, they, yeah. They they can't see that, uh, Sarge. This is a fucking audio medium. You you have to you have to you have to voice your disappoint uh, displeasure with me. I get to hear it. I, I get to I get to relish in the audio of you just being disapproving of my jokes. I loved L's onion-like reference. Just so many layers to it. It was incredible. But, anyway, uh, so I guess what I guess what we're getting at is invest in Tesla if you're going to invest in anything, uh, or you can invest in where the real money is, and that is physical silver, baby. <laughs> yeah, Let me tell you a little bit about physical silver. So, uh, physical silver has been a thing that uh, conspiracy theorists have been talking about for decades. Um, I was listening to uh, Bill Cooper after the Oklahoma City bombing, uh, talking about how uh, the like, fiat currency, the dollar, is going to implode shortly, and you have to buy precious metals because that is the currency of the future. And now we are like twenty odd, twenty thirty odd years after Oklahoma City. And we're still talking about this. We're still talking about how the dollar is going to lose all of its value any day now. And you have to get into precious metals in order to save yourself from the coming uh, economic apocalypse. Uh, QAnon is all over the map on this shit. They don't know what they think they're going to get out of this, but it's going to be something. Like in some fashion, some way, they're going to get a payoff. And uh, one of the things that's, that's like Q's whole deal. That's like a, that's like a Q and a supporters jam. The, the constant edging. Oh, something's going to happen. I'm going to stockpile all this physical silver. And then at some point, oh baby, it's coming. Oh baby, it's we, anytime now. We all know the currency of the future is bottle caps. Yes, that is that's what me, our media has told us. Uh, but uh, the terrorism apocalypse edging of QAnon is also. Um, on another level, it is this idea that they're going to create a, a silver squeeze, that there is physical silver, and then there's what is called like the paper silver, like the certificates that say you own silver. And if Bro, like, there's a team-up combo in Marvel where you do gamma squeeze into silver squeeze, and that shit is crazy. It's like a 470-hit combo. It'll absolutely Marvel, baby. Combo. 
it'll, <laughs> what's Marvel, baby? When uh, it'll absolutely knock out one of the other uh, players of the other team, and if it's a fifty-fifty, you can bounce the next guy into it. Yeah, but, it depends uh, on which one. It depends on which order you do them in, because one's an OTG and one's a wall bounce. So you can set up your combo <laughs> strings either way, but it depends on which one you want to be your capper because you can't really loop. Can we yeah. get more obscure? I don't no. know. Let's find out. We absolutely can. But um, Turbo Team! <laughs> you can't do this. It's just name. like, can we get any more obscure than this? I'm just going to yell Turbo Team. I told you last week, you can't just shout the name of an old show and call it a reference. It's close enough. I, I'm going I'm to let it, let it slide. <laughs> you coward. I'm going to be the business. I'm going to get extra hot. And boy, howdy, you know what's going to happen then. I'm going to turn into a race car. Then you'll you'll know what's up. <laughs> there you go. There's your fucking reference. Turbo G! <laughs> so, uh, either they're trying to get rid of quick, which is something that they always want to do in these dumb, uh, speculative stock nonsense events. I mean, that, that does fit their modus operandi. Getting rich quick off of physical silver is a pirate move, and pirates are on the ocean. Boom. Yes. So uh, help me out. Can you squeeze a commodity? I didn't think you could. I didn't think they, you could short a commodity. Well, that's this is the thing is that what they believe is that there is a stock that goes by the uh, stock uh, so, like sign SLV, and they I believe that's a company that like trades in in silver and stuff like that. It's like uh, yeah, it's iShares Silver Trust, and they're of the belief that if like they hoard enough like physical silver, that like this uh, stock has been uh, shorted enough that they can like create a uh, squeeze on uh, the, that actual stock that will explode the value of that stock. And then it will like create a positive feedback loop and explode the value of silver. And this will just continue and silver will go to the moon. <laughs> so, and of course, again, uh, you have on the one side, the people are just trying to get rich quick off of like the quote unquote, the silver squeeze. And then you have like the lunatic anarchists, who think if they buy up all the silver, they'll bankrupt the American economy, bring down the global cabal, and uh, something, something, they become the emperors of the world and install Donald Trump as their president. Aren't there, aren't there just a, a faction of people that think that an apocalypse is coming and that somehow stockpiling physical, like, precious metals like gold and silver is the way to, to go about having currency in the new world? Yeah, that's... Didn't we lose a mutual acquaintance to that? Like sort of thinking to like a llama farm or whatever, like an alpaca farm in Peru. Yeah, uh, yes, we absolutely did. I mean, this is, um, again, and that was a long time before before Q had their fingers in any oh, part yeah, of it. This, this is ages ago, and the physical silver thing is practically universal in uh, conspiracy lore. I remember uh, watching this incredible video back in the day about how. Our society was eventually going to collapse, but this was a good thing. And right, they, showed, right. they showed this graphic of America, and they were talking about how America was going to like splinter off into like hundreds of city states and whatnot. Will you? And it was going to be great because each different city state could experiment with their own form of government and find out what worked for them. So, like, you could have one group that was, like, a, a socialist commune and another group that was, like, a capitalist dictatorship. And it would all be great. It would just be people experimenting and having fun. 
And the best part about this whole nonsense storyline was at the very beginning of it, this guy knew how impossible all of this shit was going to be. So he threw in one little throwaway line of, and we'll all agree not to invade each other. And then just, just went full bore straight ahead and just let that one line like be like his like line of demarcation for like why there wouldn't be war and why there wouldn't be fighting over resources. Because we would just agree not to do that. So, like, when... I don't think anybody's ever considered that before. It never occurred to us that we could just agree not to war with each other. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Text notes. Just be like, hey, Russia, you cool? Are you cool, Russia? China, you want to be cool? Be cool? Everyone's cool. We cool. I, I, I just love the idea of, like, your commune, whatever it is, is, like, near where the good farmland is and has like a river that provides the running water. You have all the necessities for like a good life. And the capitalist dictatorship is like, just like on some like horrible scab land where they basically are like, don't have anything to live off of it. And they're just going to be cool with it. They're not going to be like, Hey, you know what? We need that farmland. We need that water. So uh, we're going to grab our guns and uh, take the farmland and take the water from you. That's how every game of civilization I've ever played works. They're just like, we're cool. Yeah. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Especially well, Gandhi. Gandhi loves being cool. Yeah. <laughs> Gandhi's the coolest guy there is. Gandhi, the most friendly, laid-back, relaxed dude in civilization, never starts a war for no goddamn reason and starts killing everybody because he's a thirsty I know. I know QAnon's based on the classics of conspiracy theory, but it's good to know that they're keeping alive things like belief that you need to hoard physical silver and that you can short it and just not understanding any goddamn thing. So, you know. They're bringing it all back. Uh, There was a an artist's rendering of like what Amazon's like new headquarters is going to look like. And it's this like weird, like swirly tower. And immediately they started making references to the tower of Babel and how this is obviously a symbolic of uh, Amazon worshiping non appropriate gods. And that like, they're just now throwing it in our faces. They're like, non appropriate gods is a great, great phrase. Hey, this is this is how this works. So, um, and and, and Jeff Bezos and, is going to announce his plans to build a new mansion that's just straight up the Eye of Providence. <laughs> that would be great. Using proprietary technology from Elon Musk, we do have the penthouse level of this building floating magically above the lower portion. 
Yes, with a, with a giant baleful eye gazing upon all of us in its warmth and benevolence. That's why uh, he just stepped out as Amazon CEO, because they, they caught wind of that and they were just like, dog, we, we can't be associated with this. <laughs> just you're, you're really giving up the game here, buddy. Yeah. Oh, uh, because Q a million years ago told them to track the resignations of CEOs and other people leaving like major corporations... They were so excited when Bezos said he was stepping down as CEO of Amazon because now his arrest is obviously imminent and he's going to go down. He's going to go down for all the terrible crimes he's done. Oh, man. The, I, I love that Q rooms are so gullible that you could just give them such an open-ended thing like that and let them figure it out for themselves. It'd be, it'd be like if Q released another drop, it was just like, beware the outcome of the forthcoming sporting event. And then, like, you know, the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. They're just like, we told you. Like, Q predicted it. The event had an outcome. Like, open your eyes, sheeple. It's just like, yeah, okay. Hey, I'm going to make this uh, clear to you. If the Kansas City Chiefs win this Super Bowl this Sunday, Kansas City, KC, 11-3, it's the first marker. Storm's upon us. Boom, storm wave. It's happening. 11-3. 11-3, it's a city. Boom. Patrick Mahomes, the ultimate patriot, even though he's a chief. I mean, it works out. So. <laughs> which would be especially uh, especially crazy because he's facing off in the super bowl against the ultimate patriot asterisk former uh <laughs> the ultimate cheater oh, dang, oh gross <laughs> but uh yeah so that kind of like open-ended nonsense is what q like thrives on just being able to spitball and make things up and just push the problem further down the line and just keep looking for the old stuff, going back to the Illuminati stuff, going back to physical silver, going back to symbolism. Just, just keep repeating the old stuff that got you your dopamine hit back in the day. And then uh, reiterate it over and over again. That like uh, the Super Bowl halftime show, I'm really hoping the weekend brings the Satanism this weekend. Because we've been <laughs> lacking. We've been so sorely lacking in overt satanic imagery these past few Super Bowls. Uh, when Lady Gaga did the halftime show and she's like the biggest Satanist in the history of the universe. Right. Alex, right. Yeah, Alex Jones came out and said it was gonna be a satanic ritual. I mean, everyone was just jumping in the bit. And then her halftime show had so little satanic imagery, according to the Illuminati game, that these people have constructed over decades. Yeah, like, I mean, was her catching the old pig skin part of her satanic ritual? Because that seemed like as wholesome as fucking American Pie to me. Like, like, I mean, like the thing, yeah, it was like so hilarious because like they were looking because there's like so many different things that you can do. Uh, Katy Perry was incredibly satanic. but, uh, but no, she wrote out on a robot line. It was awesome. Lady Gaga is a Jewess, and they <laughs> they hate that. Oh, oh! They, they, also hate, they also hate the cat that you've just like run over with your chair. <laughs> I think the cat was offended by the use of the term Jewess. Yikes! Yeah. <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a crunchy word that is, and probably not a cool one to use. But uh, so uh, we apologize for Sarge, like letting his anti-Semitism show. But uh, <laughs> but what happened? Uh, so you, Katy Perry rides in on a uh, a lion, and it's a Bible passage that Satan will Satan is as a lion. Uh, she was wearing a um, a dress that was all fire, so that was elementalism. That was uh, anti God. Um, 
they were talking about how her like the, her like effect was that of the whore of Babylon. There were like, there was so much stuff that they were just hammering into that uh, Katy Perry halftime show. They got so much dumb content out of it that when Lady Gaga showed up, they were just like, "Oh man, we're gonna have hours of content." And then her show was just so just a regular performance. I want I watched a video that was thirty five minutes long. They got to Lady Gaga's performance in the 28th minute, and then they just kind of like went over it a little bit, and then they just ended. They had they they literally pre-taped their video ahead of time, and then just were like, "Oh crap, I got nothing to say about this." Darn! Like on a scale of like one to ten, Lady Gaga's the Satanism level was like a two. It was just uh, very uninspired. What about Shakira, well, I mean, it's probably because the Illuminati is bullshit and barely and barely even worth mentioning. In fact, we should probably stop talking about it. You know, Novus Ordo Seclorum, no big deal, nothing to see here. Uh, anyway, what's going on with Marjorie Taylor Greene? <laughs> uh, our Our Lady Marge uh, is right now uh, about to face a vote from the full floor of the House of Representatives to uh, strip her of her status as being on various committees in Congress. Like when you get, uh, when you get newly elected into uh, Congress, generally speaking, the uh, leadership of your party assigns you to uh, various committees that hopefully like kind of like square with like what you're all about. Like, like right now the big thing in the Senate is like Bernie Sanders is now going to be ahead of the finance committee and Elizabeth Warren is going to be part of the uh, banking committee. So we have, so like that's like kind of the stuff that like you're supposed to be important. That's something that matters to you. You get on those committees so you can like help like deal with Warren being on that committee, man, that's, that, that speaks to the progressive liberal in me, something fearsome. Get him, Warren. You kill those bankers, like, you know, not, not like an actual call of violence, but kill their wallets with your legislation or whatever. Yeah. And so they put Marjorie Taylor Greene on the education committee, which, like, really horrified everybody because, like, she's a Sandy Hook truther and also, like, basically anti-education, as it were. And there's a and, video of her harassing the uh, Parkland survivor. Oh yeah, David. Yeah, David Hogg's uh, Twitter feed has been particularly spicy as of late because uh, he is the Parkland survivor that has earned the ire of Marjorie Taylor Greene. And so um, the Democrats asked the Republicans to like please remove her from those committees. That committee and the others that she's on. They said no. They went to Marjorie and asked her to step down from those committees. She said no. So now the Democrats are going uh, ahead full tilt with just um, having a vote from the full House to remove her, which uh, they're allowed to do. And it's going to be very interesting because now you're going to have Republicans on the record, like saying that they're in favor of this woman wielding more power than just like just being a member of Congress. So, are how many Republicans are going to be like, yes, I'm in favor of the Q lady helping to like mold and shape uh, legislation vis-a-vis education and her other committees. And how many of them are going to walk that plank? It's going to be very interesting to see how many of them like view QAnon as like uh, a voter base. They can't offend. And they have to be like, no, we stand with Marjorie, the crazy conspiracy lady. Like she's like our, our gal, She's part of the team. So do, do you have any uh, predictions about how that their vote is going to go down? Like how many people are going to stand by uh, by this this uh, crazy person? Uh, I mean, 
given the fact that like over a hundred representatives uh, voted uh, filed objections for the electoral college on the January on January sixth, like before like the riots and everything broke out, it seems like likely we're probably going to get like around that number of eyes in favor of her, like supporting her right to be on these committees. Uh, it does feel like there is like a part of the Republican party that wants to distance itself from QAnon that wants to let people know, Hey, this isn't what we're all about. Uh, we're like trying to be like the party of sensible conservatism, small government, lower taxes, less regulations, blah, 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 the right to carry anti-abortion. And then there's just the half of like Republicans that are just like, you know what? Crazy town's where we live and we're proud of it. So screw it. We're okay with QAnon and we're going to code Q- We're going to court QAnon for our, for their vote. And that's like very worrisome that like we're at this point where people are making a calculated bet on if QAnon is a good thing or not electorally. So it, it let's say that the vote goes our way and it proves that like you know enough Republicans still have the back of this like openly QAnon politician uh, and like and therefore she has like that kind of juice like where, where do you think that puts her on the pantheon of like you know non Q like Q devotees like the high priests of Q you know like you got, like your your Lin Manuel Wood or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say that guy's first name without thinking about Mr. Miranda. I mean, the guys, the guys just all over the place. What can I say? But anyway, so like, so like, where, where do you think this puts her? Like, in, in terms of like on power level with uh with people like Lynn Wood and other other big time Q big time Q people that aren't just in it for the grift. Uh, the people that are using QAnon to actually kind of elevate themselves, uh, and beyond just making the quick buck. She definitely will become one of the bigger, what I call like real life QAnon people, because you have Linwood, who is now undoubtedly, uh, given like the amount of traffic his telegram gets, that guy is uh, without peer in the QAnon community as being the biggest audience uh, attraction, the biggest draw. He's the Jim Jones of QAnon now. He is. Uh, if like you're looking for like the leader of QAnon, it's pretty much Lynn Wood at this point. Like, he's qui- he's Quim Quones. Yeah, he's yeah. <laughs> Oh god, that's so brutal. Rich, Rich yeah, he's, probably, he's he's the leader of the Quim Quones cult. Yeah, but I mean, uh, all of the all of the stuff that he posts on Telegram. Uh, he posted this, uh, he, this, this is from today. Uh, this was like at, uh, two hours ago, just two hours ago, he posted some random thing that I haven't even read it yet. It could have been like, I really, I really like bagels. They're delicious. Who knows what it actually says, but just from two hours. I enjoy my bagel and then an elephant charged into my room. It was fucking crazy. Signed. <laughs> exactly. Call back. But, uh, Lynn Wood has this, uh, post from two hours ago and it has over 176,000 views on telegram i mean he has such a massive audience and um the main QAnon channel on uh telegram that's like meet all of like your online QAnon bros the thought the thought makers and influencers who and they have like a collective and they like post under uh, a name that I'm not giving out because I don't want to give this channel traffic. But that channel has a uh, post from roughly the same time as Lynn Wood's post. 
and that uh, that post has twenty five thousand views. So Linwood has like almost, like seven times the amount of traffic on his channel as the big QAnon channel has on their channel. So it is not. So have you, uh, have you checked recently to see, well, so, so what sort of a, like uh, social media pull does uh, uh, MTG have here, which I mean, let me just say upfront, it is unfortunate that her name has been shortened to MTG because it's a magic, the gathering player for 20 yeah. years. Uh, that's going to be a rough transition for me. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm always about bitching about MTG, but it is usually uh, one with much lower stakes. Yeah. I was going to let people behind the curtain in our show notes. I keep looking up and seeing MTG's bullshit. And I immediately, it was just like, why are we talking about magic? The gathering on this podcast? Like there are too many unplayable cards in call. Uh, call time limited. That's what we're here <laughs> to talk about now. Fuck MTG. <laughs> that is, yeah, that's how I feel about all of these things as well. Uh, Marjorie, Marjorie is allowed on Polite Society because uh, she is, uh, thanks to the glory, the glory of the Great American Experiment that is democracy, a sitting member of Congress, and uh, her uh, Twitter uh, pinned tweet is uh, from January seventh. It says, "Retweet if you still have real Donald Trump's back." That has over 135,000 likes. Uh, her Twitter feed has uh, 336,000 uh, followers. And um, her, I'll just like scroll down and find uh, a post from three hours ago has about uh, 2,400 likes. So she doesn't so, have. So if, so if Linwood is the Pope of the new Q, uh, MTG is a cardinal. Like she, she's like right up there. She's she, she could be next in line depending on how it breaks. Oh, yeah. And the other thing is, is like what, uh, what does she do? Like vis-a-vis, uh, aspiring for higher office. Like if she ran for president, like my God, like that would give her a massive leg up. And what I've all been talking about being like the Q primary in uh, a possible 2020 presidential election, because you're going to have like, anti-QAnon Republicans like John Kasich, Mitt Romney, people that are going to try to go for like the statesman thing. And then you're going to have like uh, Ted Cruz, Marco Marco Rubio, uh, Howley, who are going to be be the people that are going to like try to pander to QAnon without being openly QAnon. But they're going to be like, you know, the Capitol riot wasn't that bad a thing. You know what I mean? And then you're just going to have potentially Marjorie Taylor Greene and like General Flynn and maybe a Trump family member who are just going to finish all their speeches with where we go, one, we go all just full blown out and proud QAnon supporters. And so like if Marjorie ran for president on like that way, then she would like definitely like surpass Linwood and the other like real life grifters by being an actual like candidate for president for them. Okay, so. so uh, so, uh, well, I guess what I guess what my, my next question is like. So she's already started to backpedal on some of the shit that like you know is in her personal history with like QAnon, like like the Sandy Hook thing or whatever. She started to try to smooth that over because to a large amount of people, like a, like a lot of the QAnon message is just sort of like too toxic to fuck with right now. So a lot of those people are starting to like work out their own. QAnon niche, right? Um, and before they used to have this like centralized leadership, like a, uh, I don't know, like a hive queen, like the Tyranid. And now 
you know, so what do you think the likelihood is that these other people, like now that they're without their central leadership, like go off into their own little like splinter hives, also like the Tyranid, and just sort of like populate their own, invest their own little Q cult, like with their own special doctrine, right? Like these are the boundaries that we push. This is the pocket that we stay in so that we can maintain our political power without, because it seems like if you opt into the whole thing at this point, especially without that driving force, like hive leader Q to support it like it's just too toxic to fuck with after the insurrection right uh, it'll be very interesting to see uh what can be done uh to make QAnon palatable i have talked to a bunch of QAnon researchers and they've always said that if you could kind of make QAnon without q like you're looking at a gold mine because like if you can just like somehow tamp into the save the children, uh, drain the swamp. If you can just mouth all the empty platitudes that, that sound good at this, and, and then also like just kind of make sure that the, the racism, the anti-Semitism, all the bigotry is just kind of like a dog whistle and you keep it on the sly, then you're going to be looking at, you're, you're, you're going to be golden. Cause like those people, they don't have any other option. They have to go with you. And in a, in a kind of way, I mean, the reason why like Trump like like lost the first election by three million votes and got into the electoral college, and then lost for really real the second time, was that he was like too far across that line, and like eight million votes this time is probably a sign that like going all the way Trump and all the way QAnon to that level is probably not a winning strategy. But if you can just keep those people like happy and uh, contented while uh, still appearing to be moderate and mainstream, then you can be a winner. Because uh, when you look at uh, John McCain and Mitt Romney in 2008 and 2012, they got around 60, 61 million votes. Trump got 63 million against Hillary. And Hillary and Obama in his reelection got like literally about the same. They both got like 66 million. So Trump actually like pulled like two million more people into the Republican tent by being just a crazy, xenophobic, out uh, openly proud conspiracy theorist, float, uh, dipping his toe into birtherism and all that kind of shit. Just so a racially like, charged demagogue, like racially charged, exactly like that kind of thing. So it's like, like. So you look at that and you say, well, Trump got two million more votes than Romney, and that's what he needed in order to pick the lock on the Electoral College and get into the presidency. But then he went too far and lost to Biden. So, like, how do we like keep that like kind of like uh, Trump voter who is kind of a dirtbag and needs to be pandered to in a way that is untoward? But at the same time, like, keep everybody else happy so that they'll also show up and vote for us. And threading that needle is going to be very interesting. And I, the, the, I mean, to, to me, it's like I don't think Marjorie is like a thought leader on QAnon. I think she's kind of just making it up as she goes along. I think they I, view her as like a blueprint going forward of how they get into office. Where, What state is she from? I well, she's from uh, she's from Georgia. She's in the 14th district. It's a blood red district. Uh, she carpet bagged. Uh, she actually lives in Georgia's like seventh district, but she ran in the 14th because she knew it was an easy win if she if she got through the Republican primary. And so uh, that all happened. And 
as I, I, I talked about this other elsewhere, but like the guy that she beat in the runoff was literally her minus the QAnon. Both of them did campaign ads where they were holding AR-15s. They both screamed about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and the squad and socialism and how they were aggressively pro-gun. Again, look at my AR-15 that I'm holding. Uh, like all of this stuff. They were like literally the same person. There wasn't a hair's worth of difference between the two of them, except for the fact that Marjorie just had, had more money for more ads and that more congressional Republicans had endorsed her over the other guy. And the QAnon stuff and the racism, all of that was out during the during this runoff. They knew about this shit. And the Republicans didn't step in and just put that other guy in over her. Because I was in communications with the guy that was like running the Don Quixote uh, quixotic campaign against her in the general election, the Democrat who was in a world of shit because this district was so anti-Democrat, it wasn't even funny. And me and Kevin, Kevin Van Ostal was his name. We were like, man, I really hope Marjorie like wins this runoff because we have no shot. We will lose 75-25 if normal MAGA Chud is our opponent. Because like there's that guy's bulletproof. That guy's untouchable. He's just gonna campaign on God, guns, and Trump, and he's gonna crush us. But Marjorie opens the door a crack for us to be able to sneak in and maybe embarrass the people of Georgia's 14th district into not voting for her because she's such a clown. And then uh, stuff happened in Kevin's personal life and he had to drop out of the race and it really fucking sucked. But like any... And they didn't put up the other guy so we could get back to good old-fashioned American values. <laughs> Guns, you really- the Bible, blood for the blood god, skulls for the skull throne. <laughs> Exactly. Stuff that makes America great. Support for the God Emperor. All of these things. So if, 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 if QAnon are the NIDs, then uh, do, do we get to be the Imperium? Is that who? Or, no, I, I, that's not necessarily great. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, like the, yeah. the, the, the problem is that the, the, the water's murky all over. What are we, chaos? That's even yeah. worse. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Good guys in 40 and Warhammer 40K. Everything. That's like real life, dog. Yeah, well, that's a different flavor of bad. Right, exactly. I mean, I, I I would think that the QAnon would probably think themselves the Imperium, but they're probably just followers of corn, and they view us as followers of Slenish. So, I mean, like that is, we're, we're the depraved, decadent hedonists, and they are the blood-loving warriors that wish to purify the world. In uh, how God. many inches can my units fire, though? That's what that, that's what. Let, let's get out the measuring tape. I need to. I need uh, to know. It's a it's a British game. It's centimeters. Uh, all I'm uh, not is- when I'm playing it in fucking America. <laughs> love, fucking love it or leave it, nerd. <laughs> all, all I'm thinking about now is this uh, game that was like the total, the ultimate game of cheese, where like one guy would not deploy his forces because he had this cheese tactic where he would just drop everything in, in this tactic called in reserve, and he could just like swarm you with his bullshit like reserve tactic. So. The first guy, he was like, so the first guy's like, I'm going to place my units. What are you going to do? And the guy was like, I'm in reserve. So then the other guy literally placed all of his uh, characters at the edge of the map in the scouts. His scouts were all in open space at the edge of the map. They would die instantly. And then after he did that, he was like, I win. And the the reserve guy's like, what do you mean? He's like, well, you have no legal place to move characters in reserve now. So the game's over and I've won. And they they went to a judge. And then the guy was like, you're right. The reserve guy loses. You've won the game. (laughs) I remember the first time I heard that story. uh, I think Sarge linked it to me. And I was just like, man, not all heroes wear capes. 
Good, yeah. good, good for that guy. It's just yeah. like, oh, you you think that you have high level system mastery of this obscure ass game? Uh, well, let me let me send you to school there, bucko. Yeah, you think you're a rules lawyer? Boom! Let me show you some real motherfucking rules lawyer. And anyway, uh, l- l- let's go to our, our last little news item before we move on to the next segment. Uh, I, I guess in my, in my notes here, I just have it written as the so called college educated vote. Uh, I guess this is some some sort of democratic nonsense for once or whatever. So, what, what's what's the what's the haps with the the so called college educated vote? <laughs> so, uh, there's been talk that uh, like Democrat messaging for the 2020 midterms is going to be uh, Republicans can't court the uh, college vote because they are the party of QAnon, and I understand this uh, from like a layperson standpoint that uh, QAnon is a, is the party of the is the part people of stupids they're they're idiots they're morons. But Marjorie Taylor Greene like graduated from college. Uh, the guy that made the Q map that uh, was getting people into QAnon he was an investment banker for Citibank before he got uncovered. Like QAnon intelligence is no defense from QAnon. People fall into conspiracy theories on any level of spectrum also college education is not a fucking like a reliable metric for intelligence absolutely yeah. not it's I just like oh you fun. think you think you're smart what kind of college degree do you have and it's just like oh well i've got a degree in musical theater and they're just like well you're a genius because you graduated <laughs> from college one of one of my lieutenants in the army he was a leader of men, an officer, because he had a degree in clarinet performance. Let me, let me tell you, we did not let him do a lot of things. We are just like, go stand in the corner. Yeah. Oh, man, when the bombs drop, I'm going to want that guy in my corner. Yeah. Oh, just, just rock it. You can shut up the artillery quick. Play that clarinet. <laughs> So, like, this is one of those things. I, I have like so many people that are uh, what we would what QAnon would call normies in my life who are just like, like I would never fall for anything like QAnon. This is so dumb. It's so stupid. And I get that. So, like, on like the layperson side of the argument, I get where the Democrats are coming from. But as like a person that's like in the mire of this shit. It's like, no, like saying the QAnon are dumb dumbs and that we are not going to be the dumb dumb party that doesn't really like uh, fully articulate the subject. So, I mean, we're going to have to, I mean, 2022 is like two years away at this point. So we're still a long way away from like what the messaging is actually going to be and how like potent will anti QAnon demagoguery be. I hope it's incredibly potent. I hope the Democrats crush them by by tang- hanging QAnon around their necks like an anchor. But uh, all of that stuff will be like seen. Flavor Flav, but instead of a yeah. clock, it's just a giant Q. Right. In fact, if we if we ever need to cut like like if we ever need to cut like a like an album cover or something like if we ever put out any some sort of material and we need like a picture for it, uh, I practically demand that I get a big Q medallion to wear for that photo. One hundred percent, that will happen. Uh, I will I will demand our listeners make that for you as well. But. Uh, the one thing I would the one thing I, I would say this is akin to is uh, someone once said, "If you know nothing about the Civil War, you know it's about slavery. When you know a little bit about the Civil War, you know it's about anything else. And when you know a lot about the Civil War, you know it's about slavery." And like that's like kind of my mindset about like what the QAnon intelligence like paradigm is vis a vis like understanding this thing. And um, so, Democrat messaging, uh, just I'll. If, I will hire me. I'll make I'll make all the anti QAnon commercials you could ever want. I know this shit, and I will make it work. 
Well, there we go. All the all the all the Q news that's fit to ramble about. Uh, now it's time for us to move into our our next segment that we always do, which is uh, where we go over all the all the new Q drops that have been posted. So let me just play our bump for that. All right. Well, there was that. Okay. Uh, moving on. No new Q news. No new Q drops to talk about. Uh, so I guess it's time for listener questions, which we don't have a bump for currently. Uh, I'm assuming that our our bounty of listeners has contributed to a once again very swollen sack. Uh, this sack is uh, pretty solid. Uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's not horrifyingly swollen, but it's 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 got some grip to it. Well, well, we'll see how many of them we can get through uh, before we have to get out of here. So let, let, let's see what the listeners want to pick our brain about this week. Uh, uh, I apologize. I'm going to butcher your name, but uh, Jitarith uh, Jaja. Uh, man, I'm so sorry. I'm the worst. Uh, I know he was bored from the uh, QAnon Casualties mods. He is an, he is an ex-QAnon member, so uh, got good on you, man. Uh, he asks, uh, first, what's the future for QAnon? Two, does it bother you that no one gives a shit about your opinion on poker? And uh, three, why did Vice make a 2011 documentary on QAnon in 2020? Uh, the f- a, uh, we're living in it. Uh, I think the future for QAnon right now is just grasping at straws to keep their uh, audience happy. That's why they're going on GameStop. That's why they're doing physical silver. That's why they're doing all this nonsense. Uh, they're just trying to – they're spinning plates until they can find something needy to sink their teeth into – uh, to get people more agitated and hyped up. Uh, beyond that, uh, who knows? It's it, it, very fluid is the future of QAnon right now. But they're not going anywhere because they're going to believe in this shit in perpetuity. I mean, I feel like they'll probably do just fine until they launch one of their stupid intergalactic bombs at Buenos Aires. And then, boy, howdy, we're going to fucking take the boots to those bugs. Come. It's going to be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing my part. Yes. Would you like to know more? Yeah, here we go. Uh, See, boom! Look, look, look at that cross-cultural ref. Look, I'm so, I'm so, I'm so incredibly good at ref. Yeah, uh, two. Uh, uh, I understand. I understand. No one cares about what I have to say about poker, but if anyone ever did, I would talk their ear off, and no one wants to hear that right now. So we're moving. I, th- on. I, th- I think people will uh, uh, will listen to your views on poker a little more if you ever get back to playing poker and or winning money at poker. <laughs> Put yeah. some numbers on. Her, currently, you're, currently, you're part of the poker machine, and nobody gives a shit what people in the poker machine have to say. Uh, like, uh, you just need you need to become a hotshot poker player, like. Uh, Wow, it's it's not 2008, so I don't know who a popular poker player is. Uh, you know, like those guys that are popular at poker. Those guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Daniel so, Negreanu, is he still playing poker? I don't know. Sick reference, bro. <laughs> right. Uh, Negreanu is uh, currently finishing up being defeated by Doug Polk in that head-to-head challenge we talked about a month or so ago. Um, well, there we go. Daniel Negreanu's poke party is happening right now. If you want to if you want to talk to one of those guys about, about winning some cash, hit him up. Yeah. We're 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 here we're here to to, to dole out big scoops of questions. Uh, we still have a third part of this question, idiot. Oh no, I'm oh I'm so I'm I feel so bad. And uh, finally, uh, I have been so busy. I've only heard terrible things about the second and third parts of the Vice uh, documentaries. I will actually watch them uh, in this upcoming week and then finally critique them. But uh, people are very mad at me. I've had people yell at me for not liking the Vice documentaries. And so uh, this is a hot button issue. I mean, uh, much like it's not 2008, so I can't remember a poker player's name. It's not 2015, so who really gives a fuck about what Vice is doing? Like, well, like I, I feel, I feel like Vice has been on a downward trend since it has been 
like known for a while now about their like toxic bullshit going on in their fucking hipster workplace. So like the fact that it's just like, oh no, Vice has probably got like some some bearded horror glasses guy poorly telling me about QAnon. Shocker. I bet when he gets back to the office, he's gonna be probably sexually explicit to a lady who doesn't want it. And it's like, okay, cool. Well, th- thanks, Vice. <clears throat> Yeah. Uh, yeah uh, so thank you for the questions. Uh, David, the racist hater, uh, BLM asks, L, can you honestly tell me you didn't turn up the bass on Paul Revere? Uh, I mean, again, be- be- beats good, uh, raps bad. Like, I mean, I like, I-, I can turn that shit up to listen and enjoy like the fucking smooth grooves, but like the, I'm telling you, like the, 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 the rapping is just whack. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> I mean, I can't honestly say that. I, I can't honestly say that because, like, I, I I have in fact turned that song up, but it's not really because I'm just like, yo, I want to hear twelfth grade like middle school raps over this fucking sick beat. It's sort of a, it's it's sort of like like one time uh, back in the day, uh, a friend of mine was getting wasted uh, or we're getting married, and during the the party beforehand, we decided to get wasted and we got wasted off of top shelf vodka and Kool Aid, and that is sort of what the Beastie Boys are to me. Some top shelf vodka mixed with some Kool Aid. Like that should still get you turned, but half of it is not great. <laughs> uh, and also, has there been any backlash in the Q community from Alex Jones' fake "I hate you" Q rant? Uh, no, because QAnon's always hated Alex. They think he's Mossad. He's scum. Uh, what's really funny is that there's like this pyramid of bad people that were involved in the Capitol riots. In QAnon world, the only people that committed the riots on January 6th were Antifa. In Alex Jones' world, they were Antifa mixed with QAnon. And now that more and more actual militia people are getting uh, thrown into the uh, into, into the arrests, he's like, oh, yeah, there were a couple of Proud Boys, a couple of Boog, Pete uh, Alaska, he's kind of a bro. I don't know what that he was up to. And some Oath Keepers. But for the most part, it was still Antifa. So, I mean, Alex is just like kind of plate spinning because – he actually has to deal with callers talking to him about like reality and stuff. Whereas QAnon is like so completely devoid from reality that anyone who gets arrested for the Capitol uh, riots is Antifa. They were always Antifa and fuck them. So you're, you're more in tune with the actual community uh, than, than I am, like of people that are like impacted by this shit. So I don't know if maybe you know this, but these like people that are clearly like pro QAnon, like, you know, Proud Boys or whatever that, are now getting arrested for that sedition. Like, is any sort of heat coming their way from this like narrative that it was Antifa that did it the whole time? Right? Like if you were one of like the 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 supposed QAnon good guys that got arrested at this thing, when you come back from like doing your stint or whatever, are you now a pariah because everyone assumes you were an Antifa plant? Like how, um, how, how like like how deep does that messaging actually penetrate into the brain of a QAnon? Oh, QAnon disowns everyone who gets arrested. I and mean, the moment you get arrested, you are Antifa scum. And it doesn't matter what you were before that. I mean, like. Really? Wow. Yeah. M- much like Trump, they prefer their war heroes to be not captured. Exactly. I mean, like, if 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 there was, like, video of, like, Ron Watkins, like, if, if Ron Watkins was standing where Q Shaman was in the well of the Senate, like, screaming and yelling, they would disown him. They would disown Aidkun. Like, they are so incapable of taking responsibility for their own actions. It's appalling. They live only to claim that like they're honest, pure and in good, and they've never done a bad thing ever. So when a bet, when you do a bad thing, you are immediately out of the cool kids club. Like that's it done. Let me, let me ask you a question real quick. How to, to go back a little, 
how quick did Q turn on Alex Jones? Because Infowars was like integral to spreading them to getting them started. Uh, I, from what I understand. Okay, so what happened there was uh, there was um, a kind of an attempt between uh, QAnon and uh, the Infowars people were trying to get in on uh, the QAnon stuff. Like they saw it was hot. They saw people were liking it. And they were like, this QAnon stuff has got some like juice to it. We got to get in and start uh, sucking some of these people into the Infowars so we can get that sweet, sweet cash off of them. And when this happened, um, Jerome Corsi was trying to get in with uh, Jack Postebeck and Microchip and the other people that were supposedly like in on the whole like Q thing. Then there was like a falling out between Corsi and those other people. And uh, on September uh, 5th, uh, 2018, that's when uh, Cube made a Q drop where he said that Alex Jones is Mossad backed. And then, like later on in another Q drop, he said that Jerome Corsi was like it was a part of Mossad. So somewhere in late 2018 is when like the big Infowar QAnon rift happened. We don't exactly know why it happened, but that's when Q decided to just be like, "Fuck you! I'm bigger than Infowars. I don't need you guys. I can call you guys Mossad." Uh, funded controlled opposition and it will only boost my credibility and make you look bad. Good shit. Well, thanks for the listener question and uh, congratulations on getting up out of that quagmire, bud. It's, it's nice to hear that. It's nice to hear that people can actually get out of this fucking thing once they've been jumped into it. Yeah. Um, So uh, one of our inquisitors uh, this week, it's chairman Walkman uh, asks, uh, has Q team ever touched on Bohemian Grove? And uh, wow, that's they, old school. <laughs> yeah, they, what, what, what the fuck is a Bohemian Grove? Uh, Bohemian Grove is actually this retreat that uh, crazy rich people go out to in the summer. I believe it's in California. Oh, and, I did hear about this place. They've got like actual sort of cultish shit going on there, right? There's like a there's like a like a like a sacred wigwam or whatever, and a bunch of other nonsense. Yeah, I've heard about this place. Grove, Grove is old school. It's up there with physical silver and. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, but I mean, this one's at least got a little, a little, a little punch to it because it's a bunch of rich people getting up into the woods and getting into chicanery and you know, with with like a, a light, a light splash of some actual like ritualistic nonsense. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. There's like uh, there's the uh, ritualistic like farewell to concern where like they set a fire and you're supposed to like throw like some stuff from like your day job into the fire so that you're now like purified and you're able to just like go about gallivanting naked in the woods with your fellow like rich people, brethren. It's like a, it's like a big networking event that's just out in the woods. They do weird stuff. They stage a play and Alex Jones, like once like broke in and like videotaped some of it and tried to like make it out to being like scarier than it was. Um, There was, I, I forget if it was when Bill Clinton was president or if he was running for president, but there was this one, um, time he was giving a speech and uh some 
person in the audience started heckling him and they were screaming at him. They're like, tell the truth about Bohemian Grove. Like, tell us what's going on. And they dragged the guy out and Clinton just looked at him. He was like, Bohemian Grove, is, is that the place where those Republicans get drunk and run around naked in the woods? And the audience laughed. And like and people and people get like so angry at that clip because they're like Bill Clinton's like hiding the truth. He, he goes to Bohemian Grove. He like he worships that giant like fifty foot statue of the owl. He's a monster. Blah blah blah. And I think that that Bohemian Grove owl statue is where uh, QAnon gets their uh, misguided notion that uh, Moloch is an owl. Because uh, in all the, the traditional texts of like the of like Jewish tradition, the Canaanites like uh, Moloch is a bull god. He's like the upper torso is like a bull, and it's like a giant furnace or whatever. But that's always been like the way Moloch was envisioned back in the ancient times. But in like modern times, like somehow Moloch became an owl, and I think like that mostly just comes from like ascribing Moloch to that uh, to that statue at Bohemian Grove. So Bohemian Grove is really just a place where where rich white dudes get their dicks out, do a little peyote, and then do some like backroom deals off of the grid. But uh, but 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 because it's like it's got a little bit of that weird Masonic shit to it because it's just been an institution for so long, people assume that it's got like some sort of spiritual juice. Exactly, exactly. Like yeah, people people think that like babies are getting slaughtered there and stuff like that. I'm pretty sure there's like a Q drop that has like a photo of the giant owl in it, but. I, I can't find it because the, the terrible search engines on uh, Q archiving sites don't let you just like type in Bohemian Grove Owl and bam, the photo comes up. Like, I mean, if, if, if they want to get the truth out there about how tame Bohemian Grove is, just go ahead and invite me, your boy Al from the Avengers and Hell World podcast, to come out for a Bohemian Grove sesh. I mean, I'll do your hallucinogens with you. I'll hang out at the statue. I like doing plays. I was a theater <laughs> kid in high school. Let's do this. Come on. I'll get wasted with you. I mean, who cares that you're all a bunch of Republican monsters? You can call me a liberal monster. We can all be naked and high together in the woods in a totally straight way. Yes. That's the most important part about it is it's total. There's no homoeroticism whatsoever at Bohemian Grove. What's homoerotic about a bunch of dudes alone, secluded in the woods, nude, maybe on intoxicants under (laughs) the watchful gaze of a 50 foot wooden owl statue? Nothing. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Nothing, nothing homoerotic about it at all. Uh, so uh, uh, thank you for the question. Um, hey, we got time for one more, probably. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna bang out two more because the, the second one is literally this person like attacked my brain, and we only have two more anyways, so it all works out. Um, uh, the first one is uh, Deport Gamer says, "What if there was no Q and the internet just did that?" And the answer is there there, there were there were a million Qs before Q. There was CIA and on. There was FBI and on. There was Highway Patrol and on. There was Mega Anon. There's Hollywood Anon. Like the person yeah, people was- people don't seem to understand that. Like, I and it's not, nothing against them. I mean, they just weren't hanging out around there at the time. But before, like the AMA became like a popular thing on Reddit. Like, you could do stuff similar to that on 4chan or whatever, where you would just like literally post and just be like. Hey, like I, I work for the FBI. Ask me a question or whatever. And then I think I, I think that that just like naturally at some point like cl- hipped people to the fact that they had a platform where if they if they wanted to jump in, they could just be like, "Yo, like here's the field I'm in, and I'm here to drop some science on you." And in that way, like 
like the the people that were doing that legitimately sort of accidentally gave power to these people to abuse it and just like go to a random message board and just be like yo i i have cia clearance and i can answer your questions and then the truth is they've read tom clancy novels and that's what their clearance is but like you don't fucking know that they're hidden anonymously behind a trip code or whatever so you ask them a bunch of questions they give you a bunch of bullshit answers and then at the end of the day it's just like oh thank you cia anon what what would we ever do without your keen insights and then he's like desperately thumbing through his next spy novel to figure out what his next drop is going to be yeah uh, yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, this was always around. Uh, that's one of the things that drives people wall when people are like, this is obviously a Russian psyop. And it's like, do you know what Chan culture was? There were a million cues before Q. Like this, this wasn't something that was like inorganic to the community. Like some random guy saying, I have an inside tip. Hillary's going to get cuffed and stuffed. There were probably 10 of those posts a week. It just so happened this one caught fire and the people LARPing it LARPed really hard and made it like work. Uh, so, uh, the final question, cause we have, we have one thing that's a comment where they said, yes, about the Jewish space lasers, which I don't even know how to react to, but yes, Jewish space lasers. Jewish space lasers. Is, is that a thing that we brought up on a previous podcast? But we no, forgot. Marjorie Taylor Greene brought it up. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, this is the world we, this is the world that I live in where now that I'm doing this sort of content, I have to be like, did we talk about Jew lasers last week? <laughs> <laughs> But uh, no, we have not talked about the Jewish space lasers, nor will we. But uh, this is so weird because I have no idea why this person, how this person would come about this question. But I also like found the answer to this question when I was living out in Las Vegas around like 2005. I actually puzzled this out in my brain. So when I read this, my head exploded because I was like, this is so weird and niche that anyone else would ever think of this. Like, is, is this person a sock puppet account of my alternate personality that's trying to communicate with me? I just don't get it. But uh, steroids like Inaras, I have no idea. Their, uh, their handle is head exploding, which I can get a lot cleaner. They, they said the question, what is the weakest possible hand in Texas Hold'em that can be the nuts after all the cards have been dealt? So all five community cards are out. What is the weakest possible hand that can be unbeatable after a full hand of Hold'em has been dealt? And I figured this out like 15 years ago. So it's like so weird that I got questioned about this. Okay. So we'll stop leaving us in suspense, I guess. At least one person wants to know the answer. What is the weakest hand? Do you What's have the any- weakest nut? M- Mike is now the weakest nut. Yes. So uh, do we, uh, Sarge has no earthly idea how poker oh, works. I am so far out, gone, don't, don't know on this one. Yeah. So, are you, are, do you even have a ballpark on this? Uh, no. <laughs> the weakest yeah. hand that could be the nut with all the cards dealt out. I mean, I, I no, I feel like there's more math involved in it than just saying any of the like obvious answers that might be coming to my head. So, what? So, what is the answer, Mister Mike? Uh, the answer is a set of queens. The answer is a set of queens. Because because hmm. uh, going any lower, you will if you go to a set of jacks, any board that would have a set of jacks on it could have straight possibilities. So you have to go up to queens, and then you can create a board that's like two, three, seven, eight queen. So there's no connectors, so no straight can be made, and the set of queens can be good as the as the stone nut. And like yeah, like I for, I was working one night overnight at the Tropicana in Vegas. And that just came into my head. I'm like, what is the weakest nut possible? And then I just cracked the weakest nut, as it were. 
Well, there we go. At the end of the podcast, Old Mike Rains busted the weakest nut. And that seems like the best the best possible outcome for the podcast and, and, a, and a good note to go out on. So I'm going to start driving us out of, out of this here hell world for the week. Uh, once again, everybody, thank you for listening. If you're willing to support the podcast, you can do so by just telling a friend, you know, or go, go, going through and smashing whatever the RSS feed of equivalent of a like button is. You know, do your thing. Spread the word. Let people know about the podcast if you're having a good time. If you ever have a little money to throw our way, you can do that by visiting us on Patreon at Poker and Politics. Uh, you can hit up Mike Rains there and put a little shekels in our tip jar if you would like to tip your dealer. Uh, you can find us on social media. Mike Rains is at Poker and Politics. Or is it just Poker Politics? I always get this wrong. Poker Politics. Uh, Poker Politics. At Poker Politics on Twitter. Uh, myself, L, and uh, our buddy Sarge are both available on Twitter. At Hellworld Sarge and at Hellworld L. Uh, of yeah. course, the O in world is a Q because that's sort of our Jimmy Jam. Uh, if you have money and you don't want to give it to us via our Patreon, you can go ahead and donate that to love146.org. They're an organization that helps uh, abate child trafficking and all that good shit. The way that QAnon claims that they want to be done, but won't lift a finger to do themselves. Uh, if uh, my co-hosts don't have anything else to add, I think I that's going to be good enough for the week for us. And as always, I'm going to go out with our incredibly patriotic catchphrase. Anybody else got anything they want to add before we steer this one go? <laughs> I'm totally worn out from busting that week nut, so I'm done. Hmm. My, uh, Mike's in his refractory period. Sarge is shaking his head with what looks like a grimace. It, it was like a grimace it. smile. It was the sort of expression that you get when you think about Mike Rains' weak nut. <laughs> so uh, once again, for Mike Rains and for Hellworld Sarge, I'm Hellworld L. This has been the Adventures in Hellworld podcast. Good speed, Patriots. <laughs> nice. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.